You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Greetings, greetings beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another incredible episode of the African Father in America podcast. I am in Seattle, Washington and uh, I am excited to be here with you uh, for today's conversation. Uh, I have a really special guest who is going to be uh, joining me in just a moment here. Uh, but uh, before I continue, I just want to uh, welcome everyone who is watching to make sure you subscribe to the channel and, uh, you know, uh, let me know in the comments where in the world you are joining us from. Now, I want to bring on my guest who is joining us all the way from Uganda, uh, Alika. Just go ahead and say hello to everyone who is here with us today. Hello, everybody listening to us. Uh, my name is Alike Paochiri, and I'm exceedingly happy to speak to you on our writings and Ugandan writings and to share my perspectives with you. Such a pleasure. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Alike. Uh, Alike is an incredible, you know, author, and uh, I'm going to share with you a little more about some of the work that he has done, uh, you know, as an author, and also some of the incredible work he's doing in Uganda. But for now, I just want to ground our conversation on today's proverb. So just give me a moment. I am going to uh, bring the proverb for the day on your screen here in just a second. Uh, that one is actually one of our proverbs from earlier this week, but I'm going to add the one from today in just a second. So bear with me as I bring it on your screen. Uh, today's proverb is actually from Kenya, and so uh, we are going to add it here and start our conversation, and then um, and then dive deep into the book that Alike is, uh, you know, one of the featured authors for. So if you can see my screen, it says, Endure and drink your medicine. Endure and drink your medicine. Share with me what this proverb means to you in the comment. I am going to share the three nuggets related to this proverb here uh, in just a second. Uh, I'm very keen on knowing what it is that this proverb means to you. Uh, there are three nuggets of wisdom that this proverb reminds me about. Number one, resilience in adversity. You know, no matter what situation you could be facing, it's really, really important to, to never give up. You know, stay on course and uh, remember why you started. Number two, uh, self-care and healing. You know, once you know what you need to do to take care of yourself and heal yourself in order for you to continue with this beautiful journey of life uh you know you know the medicine no matter how hard it is you know uh, many times i know that i need to be going out and exercising but i i don't just like it sometime but because i know the benefit of it i know that that's the medicine that i have to take you know so i end up doing it you know uh then the last nugget of wisdom is uh, patience and long-term goals. You know, uh, you, you always have to remember, you know, when the doctor, uh, you know, prescribes a specific medication for you, um, you know, they expect you to take it just the way they, 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 they told you to. 
but as we start feeling better uh, we feel like oh maybe i should stop taking it and then that's when uh, the sickness comes back so it's really really important to think about the long-term effect of uh, the medicine or the remedy of our situation or the investment that we are putting into uh, maybe our finances maybe our education and maybe uh, you know our awareness you know for example today the book that we are going to be discussing a little bit uh, that uh, you know Ali K is one of the featured authors for you find that it's 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 something that uh, is going to give us information that will serve us for the longest time anyway i want to know your own perspective alike what do you think about this proverb share your own perspective with us please well i as a writer i almost feel every writer has to overcome some forms of adversity and know how to tell their own story you know so for me i am my life is a living testimony of the same conflict that I write about. I was born in the conflict. From the inception of my name, Alike means the problems of state power. So was, my mother is a classy midwife, and I was born under a tree without a midwife. And the only person who supported my mother uh, to deliver the baby called Alike was one who had mothered seven children. All the men had run away from prison, from prison either men at the time. So the inception of my life begins to tell stories of resilience, overcoming adversities. I have the unique ability to overcome unique types of adversities because of my past experience, whether it being conflict, emotional, social, I just have a lot. And it informs the things that I write about, especially if you look into my poems. And um, one of the greatest uh, remarks from one of my bosses that I kept and lives with me is that uh, I am uniquely blessed in transforming my adversities to inspiration to those who listen to me and those who read my works. I love that. So yeah, that, that's, that's a very meaningful Kenyan proverb. I love that. And I love uh, how you fused the meaning of your name into your response to this proverb. It's It's beautiful. So for those who are meeting Thank Ali you. K for the very, very first time, he's an incredible poet, author of two books, My Mayor, The Political Campaigns. I, 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 I have actually done more. I have a website. Oh. Uh, if you could place it somewhere. www.authoralike.com mm -hmm. And you'll realize mm -hmm. that I have authored two collections of poems. Okay. That is Hidden, hidden Scars and Unsaid Words. And then uh -huh. said what I did it with a friend. Uh -huh. And then I also worked on um I also worked on uh, my mayor is a book that I wrote after running unsuccessfully for the office of the mayor of my town. And the recent one I did a biography, a biography uh, written Dr. Okom, which means Dr. Okom. Yeah, and that's currently incredible. I'm working on a number of other pieces. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. I had no idea you had run for a mayor. So then we have a lot to even uh, unpack during our conversation today. So then let's I'm, go back. I'm all here ready to talk, yeah. Yeah, let's go back a little further. I love asking this question to all the guests that join me for their FIA podcast. Uh, take us back to about eight years, eight to 12 years, you know, back where you grew up. Share with us, you know, the smells of the street, the foods in the street, but also particularly 
uh, one story that really when you sit here with me today you feel that that moment is what shapes who you are today is what inspires who you have become and drives who you are uh, in this moment um personally i share with a lot of my guests that when i was 8 years old my mother gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood and so that moment shaped who i am gave me the discipline to wake up every day and produce this show and do many other things that require discipline hard work community uh, and entrepreneurship share a similar story of yours please <laughs> okay until the age of 15 my family could not afford a television set and when i was approximately 9 years old we received a new neighbor and we were living in the nurses quarter and the neighbor was from the city and the one thing they had that no family had was a tv set the tv set had a repeated show if you are ugandan you remember that that's live mwatu show very popular at the time the neighbor had only three cassette tapes and would repeat the movie over and over and i remember this period in my life so much because that's when i got the best beating of my life from my father for embarrassing him because this movies always came when they were about to have supper and whenever they put the videos on i would never leave no matter whether they offered me food or they didn't offer i had i was always captivated by this experience watching tv that we never had watching tv for us was strictly on 25th of december christmas day the one thing after lunch we all do after eating meat and chicken best meal for every kid so after such a thorough beating my father never realized that the the the, the pull for me that made me receive often beating was because i was in a boarding school where those kids who had corporate parents always told stories about movies that they watched and i could never tell one and i wanted to tell them a story so i started cramming the movies chuck norris and all these so that i can tell them that story and after telling a great story one time in school it made me so popular and i wanted to continue telling stories little did i know that marked the beginning of my storytelling life even then it never came to actualization that i'm a storyteller until the later years of my life which is a long story not for the show that i just realized as one talent that i have i have to live a life telling stories i told them using my mouth my first visit to america that won me a scholarship to university of san diego i came to america to tell stories the stories of the war the lra stories but even then at that time i noted looked at myself as a storyteller in that visit the same stories made me earn a scholarship university of san diego and then when i returned home i realized that during the covid period uh, during the election period pre covid time i realized that i could tell those stories in writing much better than in spoken word and that's why i found myself as a writer so yes the stories that i have grown up being hooked and being beaten my father believed in beating kids for discipline and it looked normal i never saw anything bad with it you know fortunately i don't do that for my kids today so those experiences of my father that never had a chance to realize why i love stories and why i'm hooked to the neighbor, to the neighbor's tv influence when my father got the first chance in an extended form system to board a plane and get out of the country and she asked what do i bring you the only thing i asked was the tv to this day 
in my retired mother's house there's a gold they call it golden golden something tv that still stays there even if it's blacked out gold star tv still lives in my mother's house and a memory of the climax of our good times when my father lived yeah, yeah it's it's so beautiful so that I is love... a story and that is that is really yeah yeah i love uh those years uh you know we also had a neighbor uh that also you know that had a friend who moved away uh i think they went for holiday somewhere and so they let our neighbor keep their belongings including their tv and that's when we first even saw a tv you know and so we were able to watch yeah. the world cup i think it was world cup 1990 one of those early early world cups you know and that neighbor became very popular you know because in the entire neighborhood they were the only one with a tv set so uh that i i can totally relate with everything you're sharing with us today uh i see that we've been joined by quite a few people uh make sure you you have subscribed to the channel and give this video a thumbs up if you're watching on youtube and if you're watching on any other platform make sure you follow me on those platforms so that when we are live next time you can also catch the show right now i just want to um you know bring you to uh you know part of our the core of our conversation today is this beautiful book i have a, a physical copy with me remembering the future is the name of the book and i have been interviewing quite a few authors who have been featured on this book and uh alike is one of the authors featured on this book alike just share with me how you connected with chris conti who is the editor of this book uh is a journalist a renowned journalist based in washington dc how did you guys connect and um uh you know and how does it feel to be amongst some of the featured authors who i feel that you know uganda has some i always i'm proud as a kenyan and i'm proud as an african i feel like we have some of the best writers but we are not celebrated enough you know so this book showcases just a glimpse of the literary the lit, literary talent and uh you know gifts that we have so speak to what it means to you to be on this uh project and also uh speak to how you connected with chris and all these other amazing authors that's an amazing one uh, first to set it straight meeting conte was just the beauty of social media i have no idea who recommended me to conte i never met conte until the end of my contract contractual writing i've only met conte two times in my life the first time at the book launch and then we had events there after the second time but we connected like we bonded 10 years ago we have a chemistry that really works beyond social media and um i connect so well with conte because of um unique perspective i think i love his perspective then and um also to mention i think it would be fair to mention that i love writing stories i wrote it for free i wrote it to all media houses that asked me for free but conte was the first person to pay me for my writing and when he did he defined how much is the worth of my writing if conte had asked me to write for free i would have done it too maybe not now because it just opened my eyes i didn't think anybody would want to pay me all that chris paid me for my writing so yes after chris paid me it was like a good blessing there after i got so many contracts through the process of chris's 
contract and post-Christmas contract. I'm right now working on two biographies, concurrently paid pretty good amount of money by Ugandan standards. And um, again, the only way I could tell them how much they pay me for my service, first of all, my rates are now in dollars because Chris paid me in dollars. So I have a very clear idea of how much I get paid. And all of them paid according to Chris's rates. So yeah, so if you're asking me what does it mean to me, it means so much to me. It means so much. I don't, I don't think Chris has a choice to fit me. We are hooked. And uh, we still see, I'm definitely going to have minimal projects with Chris. Uh, even if you choose to say no, I'm going to say yes, Chris, if you're online. <laughs> I, love yeah, I want to work with you, Chris. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, this, this is really motivating because I definitely have similar uh, feelings about working with Chris. He's a very re reliable partner and uh, he really values African writing and African uh, literature. You have the book with you there, do you? And, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Um, all my books are published by Libris in New York, but I've never felt their, their, their editing. But when Chris edited my work, I felt him. And now Chris is the person Libris is not going to like because I don't think I want them to edit my work again. Chris made me know how my work looks when it's edited well, you know. And yes, Chris, this my work in that book is one of the best set pieces I've ever brought out, and I'm so proud of it. I like how it looks. I like the feel. I like the touch and everything about a good writing. I love that. I love to hear that. Read for us your chapter, like, no, your favorite excerpt, uh, uh, you know, from your portion of the book, but uh, go ahead, you want to say something. You, you're you going to be a little patient with me. My style of writing is such that it builds, it, 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 it grows the traffic, but I'm not going to take long. So I can't say what I want to say if I don't read the full length of the extract. So I'm going to read. So I write this piece about my own brother telling a family story who was in the rebellion, the lost resistance army rebels, the one notorious known Joseph Coyne. And he returns to Uganda and he never talks about his experience. And then only when do I ask him to do this story that he opens up. And I'll tell you the stories that come after this. In 2008, my brother Akena and I joined the largest crowd together at Kawunda Parade Grounds in Gulu since Pope John Paul II visited in 1993. But this gathering was different than other earlier ones. We were waiting to hear from the delegates who were representing. Yeah, we, we, we had an internet issue there when uh, Alike was just beginning to read, but he's going to be back with us in just a moment. Uh, thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Afia Podcast. Uh, I hope you have, you have taken a moment to subscribe to my channel. Uh, make sure you give this video a thumbs up. And, uh, you know, let's see if Alike is going to be able to come back here in a moment. While we do that, I also just want to take this opportunity to share with you today's proverb real quick. Uh, and then I'll share with you the book that Alike is reading from, uh, the one that he spoke very, very highly about. So... First, I'll start with the book. You know, you should grab the book uh, in Uganda. 
the book is available globally actually remembering the future it features some of the most um uh you know incredible authors in uganda uh it's a beautiful beautiful book and i want to make sure i give you the exact place where you can get your copy of the book in uganda uh in uganda it is at ibua publishing ibua publishing that's where you can get your copy of the book and then online and worldwide you can get it from amazon uh, that's where you can get the book from on amazon uh and then if you want to check out the website for the book uh the website is ugandamemories.com ugandamemories.com if you go to that website you will be able to uh not only see all the authors that are featured on the book uh you'll be able to buy the book from there you'll be able to just read excerpts from each of the chapters of the book uh you'll be able to see a gallery of pictures some of the reviews uh and just learn a little more about uh, what this book is all about and why i think it's a book that you should definitely get get it for yourself or gift it to someone uh you know as we are approaching the holiday season make sure you get a copy of this book uh and also let me know what this you know what this conversation means to you so far if you've been here with us since the beginning uh take a moment and type down in the comments uh let me know how do you feel about this conversation uh with uh, Ali K who is one of the authors featured in this beautiful book now i am going to share the proverb for today uh which is from Kenya it says endure and drink your medicine endure and drink your medicine uh take a minute and share with me what this proverb means to you i know that we are live on multiple platforms you know from amp uh to linkedin to facebook uh to uh youtube youtube is actually my my primary platform where we broadcast a fia podcast from so make sure you subscribe to the channel over there i just want to check and find out what's going on with alike um i just want to make sure i can help him if he needs any help uh you know for those who have traveled to africa internet is always a challenge there uh and you you don't be surprised if there is a blackout you know uh so maybe he lost his electricity you never know so i'm just checking to find out what could be going on uh so i deeply deeply appreciate your patience yeah so let me read the comments here for a second uh, i see that Brian Brian Kilabi is joining us from Kisumu Kenya is saying amazing and Larry Snyder oh Larry Snyder is also an author I actually have one of his books right in front of me I'll be interviewing him again is 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 going to be a returning guest on the show very soon uh he says beautiful stories thoughtful looks forward l- looking forward to watching the whole uh the whole show later today uh share your comments as well all of these viewers were actually on facebook you know so brian is on facebook and larry snider is also on facebook 
why is it that people on YouTube are not commenting? You know, that's a curious observation. Uh, I'm also realizing that of everybody that watches the show over the last three years, less than 50% of them are subscribers, you know, so I don't know why majority of people are watching a fear podcast do not subscribe to the channel so if you're one of those people make sure you take a minute and subscribe because that's how i grow this platform and also that's how you stay informed you know uh, i'm very very consistent with this show over the last three years i've been doing this monday to friday same time consistently and uh, the growth is immeasurable uh, the connections i've made through this show is incredible and um you know I, I i just want to continue growing it and building it and making it better but also making it a space where authors like ali k can share their stories the way he's able to do uh, uh let's see yeah so you know we are coming here we have four minutes before we wrap up the show it's clear that ali k is probably going to have to come back as a guest uh for the show sometime in the in the next couple of weeks and he will be able to read the rest of the excerpt that he was uh reading for us i felt that it was really really beautiful uh and i honestly feel that each one of you who is watching the show should make sure you grab a copy of uh the book as i said earlier worldwide it's available on amazon and uh, in Uganda, it's available through Ibua Publishing. So I'm just going to take a minute here. I'm going to talk about a couple of events that Alike is coming back. So I'll bring him back just real quick. I'll bring him back real quick. So while we while we we position him to join us back for the show. I just want to talk about uh, the Africa Day Business Forum, which is happening here in Seattle on the 30th of September. The 30th of September. For those who have been watching the show over the last uh, few weeks, I think you've seen me talk a lot about this event. Uh, people like Desmond Tutu have been to Seattle uh, because of this event, and many leaders uh, from Africa have been to Seattle because of this event. Alike, now we, we see you, but you're not looking at the camera. You're looking, you must be looking at a different camera. Did you join through your laptop? Yeah, and I can't hear you. Yeah, so plug in your headphone and look this other way. Uh, yeah, keep going that other way. Your camera is, yeah, this other side. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your audio is totally gone uh what audio are you using now yeah i can't hear you at all no yeah take your time take your time let me just talk about africa day business forum real quick because that's an important event yeah. coming there you go there you go now is that good? Uh, it's excellent. It's excellent. It's excellent. Perfect. Yeah, so Africa Day Business Forum, September 30th at the Motif Hotel in downtown Seattle, organized by the African Chamber of Commerce of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, go to Eventbrite and get your ticket. 
uh, if possible today. And this event is for business people in Africa who want to uh, come to the Pacific Northwest and connect with companies that are based here. Uh, it's for government uh, institutions that want to expand trade with the U.S. This is the excellent opportunity for you from any part of Africa or any part of the world that want to do business with uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so go to the African Chamber of Commerce of the Pacific Northwest's website and learn more. Now we are back here with Alike. Alike, when uh, your connection uh, misbehaved, you are just beginning to read for us the excerpt. Yes. Uh, and now take it away. Yeah, I just want to get to that part and um, where I was about my brother, which is the character I want to introduce. So let me begin from this uh, from this um, part. Suddenly, because I'd read there, suddenly I was roused from my thoughts. I, no, no, I, I went beyond that. Yeah, here it is. Suddenly, I was roused from my thoughts. I cannot grab my hand in a grip so tight, my fingers quickly became numb. He was staring intensely towards the pavilion that had been erected at the center of the parade grounds. I followed his gaze, and there, to my amazement, stood our brother, Opara, among representatives of the feared rebel army. He was smartly dressed like an African-American Marine in full combat fatigues and desert trooper boots, dark shades, were clipped to his chest and his military cap was pulled low blocking a clear view of his eyes at his waist he carried a big revolver pistol in his in his whole holster he stood with open legs and a straight inscrutable face scanning tightly packed hard around him as if on the lookout for a sniper attack so that's i i wanted to introduce my brother opora I introduced my brother Pora because it is the second time it was happening, if you follow the story, that his elder brother had joined the rebellion. This rebellion took more than 20 years. And then it was for the second time two brothers were coming to negotiate peace talks. The first time it ended up my elder brother dying in precarious circumstances like all peace talks. And he was playing the same role his elder brother played that led him into the rebellion. And that was his last conversation. His elder brother, on, in that particular incident, held the last conversation with my father. And as a young person, I sat next to the door listening to those rebel stories about what was happening to his life. So here I was, more than 10 years after I've been, you know, 10 years I've not seen my brother. I have no idea where my brother is. And for the first time, my, my, my other brother, the one that I followed, for the first time, all of us are seeing him after 10 years and realizing, oh, he's into the rebellion, you know? So he comes back and he was the higher ranking officer already in the rebellion. And he comes back and he doesn't tell his story. So when Chris reached out to me, I went to him and said, look, someone has to tell his story. I want to talk about your story. We can't hide it anymore. Everybody knows you've been in captivity. And he told me his story. And then I shared a memo of his story in that book to help define how as a family with a history of that conflict, we never appreciate the current dispensation of justice and what it means to Western Uganda and what it doesn't mean to a grieving family that feels conflicted 
how you, the Western justice system never makes the same meaning to me, you know, to my family. And how much we would have preferred our African traditional justice mechanism or a hybrid of sorts that helps us understand what they're doing so that we can make sense of our existence, of our experiences. And so I thought that I would share that in that story. And that is what it is. The beauty about it all is when I shared the book with him and I told Conte uh, about this, this time he now wants to tell me a fuller version of his life in captivity, in the, in the bush, in the rebellion, because he liked what came out of the book. Now he wants to open up. So this writing to me, what does it mean to me? This writing to me was therapeutic. It is the kind of writing that makes a man that has held up this history to feel, to, to liberate himself, to be ready to tell his story. And I hope that those who read this book can realize this, can understand this, that your justice may not necessarily be your justice, that the justice you claim for may meet your tenets, your understanding, your perception of justice, but it may absolutely not mean anything to victims. That you realize that the narratives that we share today are narratives of victors and not the narrative of victims in as far as the justice that we look forward to and aspire for after two decades of a conflict. And that has been my story. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I grew up fascinated by Joseph Cohen. I grew up fascinated by the by Idi Amin and all the Uganda, you know, stories, you know, the stories of uh, how Uganda ended up where it is and uganda is still evolving similar to kenya uh you know i think yeah. uganda and kenya of course tanzania we are really like family you know we our stories yeah, are absolutely. so intertwined you know uh i i i read that one of the people that helped liberate zanzibar was actually a luo from uganda you know yes. <laughs> that yeah. that Kelo. Okelo that grew up in Nairobi, you know. <laughs> yeah. So our stories are so. If you're so... gonna do Ugandan politics, if you're gonna do Ugandan politics in one way or another, Kenya must be. You must have a place you call home in Kenya. Right. When right. it goes bad, it always have to go to Kenya, and and, and yeah, that's right. why everything works. Get yourself back in the country. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyhow, today has been incredible. I just want you to make sure you let us know how everyone who has been watching the show can uh you know support your work you know because i've already talked about how everyone who watched the show today uh can get a copy of the book uh and again for the sake of those who are just joining us i just want to share um what the book that we are talking about is you know remembering the future is the book that my special guest is featured as one of the authors and he just shared with us uh you know, uh, an excerpt of uh, the, the the chapter that he wrote. But now I just want him to share with you how you can stay connected with him, how you can support his work. Uh, and then, uh, Alike, speak about anything that I didn't ask you as we close our time together today. Okay, I have shared this with Conte before. Um, why don't you would you not like to ask yourself why it has to take conte to come to uganda for us to tell our story what happens if conte doesn't come to uganda tomorrow i have a small non-for-profit that is working hard to build writers locally proceeds from my work is building i'm working with 20 schools to build writers and i told conte i newly bought a big piece of land six acres now it was five then 
to dedicate it to something Uganda doesn't have. Uganda doesn't have a creative writing college. I'm a teacher by profession. I'm a writer. I deal with teaching. I want to make it. I want to help the young people today realize their potential at the age when they're still young that nobody did for me. I'm looking for that committed person anywhere around the world that wants to work with me to build better writers. I come from the land of a court Pabitek. His works became much better when he went to Kenya. If Okot Pabita could get it through, I can work with somebody to build the first creative writing college. We have already invested in land. We have the you know, the resources, the raw resources on the ground. I'm looking for that person who wants to dedicate himself or herself to make, to build better writers, to help tell our story. The stories of Northern Uganda two-decade conflict were better told by those who never lived through the conflict were better told by what I call foreigners. We need to learn to tell our story. And I'm looking forward to anybody who wants to partner with us, any institution who wants to partner with us so that we build writers, so that we tell the African story the way using African lenses. So yes, I have a website, www.authoralike.com. I have a very active YouTube channel, Author Alike. I have a very active Facebook channel, uh, channel author Alike. You can see what we're doing with the children on the YouTube with those videos. You can follow us on Facebook and you just have to decide how you want to get involved with us in building the first creative writing college or academy for that matter, where we build young people, where we prioritize the writings of young people. Because the young people today in Uganda don't even have a platform, like this kind of platform for them to tell their own stories. We have more than 5,000 kids that, that, were, that got pregnant during the COVID times. There's not a single platform where they tell their stories except for the platform that I offered them last year so that we know what goes on in the world. So I'm looking forward to somebody who wants to try something new, something adventurous, and it has to be about writing. Thank you for this opportunity. And um, I look forward to listening to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, uh, thank you. And reach out anytime. Reach out anytime when you have any of your projects that you want to uh, let everybody know about. You know, you know how to connect with me. And I just want to uh, thank Chris uh, for connecting us. I want to uh, congratulate you and all the other authors that are featured in uh, Remembering the Future. And I want to thank our viewers and our listeners of the Afia podcast who showed up today and those who are going to watch the show after we end the live broadcast now uh have a nice weekend uh thank you and take nice good care of too. yourself okay bye bye take care too. Okay. Cheers. hey Cheers. before you go okay just in case there's anybody from universal san diego i am an alumni of universal san diego so i want to say some shout outs to you and please it's always a pleasure san diego gave me the best time so i hear you talk about your city Seattle so much. I'm I'm from San Diego and I still affiliate myself with San Diego. So yeah. thank you. San Diego is beautiful. <laughs> okay, my friend. Take yeah, care. That's I'm where a... I had my masters from. So yeah. Ah, yeah, take very care. Nice. Bye -bye. Very nice. Okay, take care of yourself. Okay. Peace. All right, take care. You are listening to African Fire.
Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle, Washington, USA.